Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 318 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for another day in your word. Help us receive the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in Luke chapter 7. We read about a centurion's bondservant who was healed by Jesus, even when Jesus was not yet in the man's home. The centurion sent Jesus back because he didn't feel worthy of Jesus being in his home. He believed in Jesus' authority, even though he wasn't present. Jesus marveled at the man's faith. May our faith be strengthened today as we seek God and read his word. Verse 23 says, And blessed, happy, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, apart from the outward conditions and to be envied, is he who takes no offense in me, and who is not hurt or resentful or annoyed or repelled or made to stumble, whatever may occur. The Amplified Bible says, whatever may occur, as this world tries to steal our peace and eternal life, for that is of primary interest to the enemy, let us reach for the one who is the Prince of Peace and continue to seek him instead of the world. We read about Jesus' feet being anointed by a woman, a woman devoted to sin, according to verse 39. Verse 47 is profound, as Jesus said. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, many as they are, are forgiven her, because she has loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Twice Jesus told her that her sins were forgiven. Love and belief in Jesus saved this woman. Let us put on love and faith today as we believe in the one who came to save us. Let's see what John is teaching in his second letter, chapter 1. This is the only chapter in this letter. He writes to Syria and her children, who were God-fearing and God-loving people. He writes about loving one another and identifies what love is in verse 6, that we live and walk in accordance with and guided by his commandments, his order, ordinances, precepts, teaching. This is the commandment, as you have heard from the beginning, that you will continue to walk in love, guided by it and following it. Walking in love, we read about love again here. Such a great pairing with our gospel lesson today. This is the great commandment. We are to love God with all our hearts and love others as ourselves. John writes that we should walk according to Jesus' teaching, and we know he teaches love. May the Lord pour his love into our hearts today. Let's see what Ezekiel is writing in chapter 23. The Lord gives Ezekiel an allegory, a story of sorts that personifies Judah and Israel and their broken relationship with God, their husband. Ahola represents Samaria, and Ahalaba represents Judah. The harlotry mentioned in this chapter represents their idolatry. The Lord talks about their infidelity to him as they served other gods. Samaria lusted after Assyria and their gods, so the Lord gave them into the hands of the Assyrians earlier. You can read about Israel being taken captive in 2 Kings chapter 18. At that point, Judah and Israel were separated. King Hezekiah was king over Judah. And although he wasn't taken captive, he did have to give them silver and gold from the temple to appease them. Eventually, Judah chased after Babylon and their gods, which was more evil than Samaria had done with Assyria. Ahalabah, who committed more evil sins than her sister, represents this. All of the prophecies God gave Ezekiel came to pass. This chapter has an interesting way of retelling the story of the people's unfaithfulness to God. 
May our hearts turn to God and away from all worldly pleasures. Chapter 24 is all important because it occurred on an all important day when Babylon would finally take over Judah. Jeremiah 39.1 says, In the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the tenth month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and besieged it. And we read here in this chapter that this is that day. Ezekiel acted out or told the story we read today in chapter 24. He was to put a large pot to boil. The fire he made to cook the contents of the pot was made of bones. He was to put in the choicest meat, the choicest of the flocks, and set it to simmer. We can only imagine that the Babylonian takeover would consume even the best of God's flock that day. The siege would be so devastating that the bodies would not be buried but lie in the streets and among the stones. We also read about rust and scum. God is referring to the corruption and corrosion of his people and their beliefs. He refers to the child's sacrifices to other gods. The Lord detested them meeting in his sanctuary the same day they made these sacrifices, profaning his temple. Then, quite shockingly, the Lord told Ezekiel that his wife would die that evening. He also gave Ezekiel the commandment not to cry or mourn her death. God told him to be silent. Ezekiel obeyed the Lord in the difficult moments ahead. We can greatly admire his obedience. We know he must have grieved because God said she was the desire of his eyes, and yet the Lord took her away from him that day. Is it possible the Lord knew she would be mistreated in this takeover and spared her and Ezekiel from the terror? We do not know. And we also know Ezekiel obeyed God's command not to mourn over her. May we pray for this kind of obedience to the Lord? Last, Ezekiel's wife's death signified the death of God's temple. The people held the temple dear to them and had a false hope or idea that God would not let his temple be destroyed, but it was. And the prophecies of Jeremiah and Ezekiel would be found to be true. The people would know that God's word is true. Verse 27 says, In that day your mouth shall be open to him who has escaped, and you shall speak and be no more speechless, and you shall be assigned to them, and they shall know, understand, and realize that I am the Lord. This day marks all these things as true in people's eyes. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 137. The author of the psalm is unknown, but it was someone who certainly knew about and maybe even experienced the Babylonian takeover of the Israelites. As we have been reading about the devastation planned for them, we now read about their sadness and pain. They were asked to sing to the Babylonians, but simply could not. Verse 2 says, On the willow trees in the midst of Babylon we hung our harps. They could not muster a song to sing when they were in captivity. The psalmist prays that God will remember the Edomites and their participation in joining Babylon to capture them. The Edomites descended from Esau. Even though they were close relatives of Israel, they were happy to see and participate in their destruction. We have read that they will be dealt with, and we will read more about that in the upcoming book of Obadiah. We have occasion to praise the Lord for his faithfulness to all of us and his grace through his Son. May our hearts sing for joy as we live in freedom and are chosen to love and worship God. Let us pray. O oh Lord, thank you for making a way for us to be yours. Thank you for being the God of forgiveness. May you impart more wisdom into our hearts. Please help us stay vigilant in our faith and endure even during hardship. Keep our eyes on you, Lord. Keep us yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. 
I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.